well, going into half, I say, yo, comeback season. It was a comeback season. And we came back, played harder than ever. O-line got blood on their shirt, blood, sweat, tears. All we did is practice, practice, practice all week, prepare. And we got the job done today. a story man everybody the whole week you guys you guys you know what i'm saying but we write a story man came out i, I, I just i'm lost for words i'm lost for words man. we knew we'd see each other again we're all fired up in practice to get after it again we were blessed with another chance with them and uh everyone was ready to stamped up but Excited to be able to get back to the stand championship and uh, prove. MVP, what's going to be happy about? Jobs on top. Jobs on finish. No smiles yet. Yeah, jobs on finish though. Stand ship, you got to win. out. Everybody and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football in Connecticut, and I'm your host Sean Patrick Bully, and with me as always Pete Maguaga. Pete, what's up? Nothing much, man. What's going on? We uh, we we have made it. Yeah, last week. I can't believe it. I yeah. am, <laughs> I am ecstatic. I am excited. I which are the same words. I don't know. It was just really fun being at the semifinals yesterday or on Sunday. You just get this feeling in the air, you know, it get you all giddy. We've reached the final week of the 2021 season. At the top of the show, you heard a little bit from the biggest, one of the biggest results, and there were a few. But one of the biggest results of the weekend was Windsor knocking off St. Joseph, coming back from 18 down. You heard a little bit from our guy, the quarterback, Elijah Cromartie, with the with the big comeback, 18 points down, 22 unanswered points to get to the championship game against Maloney, an all-CC final. Wow, uh, unbelievable. Uh, you heard from them. Then you heard a little bit from Joe Caesar from Darien, which uh, the Blue Wave, the Let's just be honest, the second-ranked Blue Wave showing that they're still number one going into the state championships with a 24-10 victory over their rival New Canaan. They get Fairfield prep in the championship game Saturday at McDougal Stadium in Trumbull. Be there, be square. It's probably going to be for the number one ranking. And uh, and Pete, what else, what else you can say? We saw Sonia go down big, Cromwell, Portland. We saw Bloomfield in a dogfight with New Fairfield, coming back to win that game. Brantford giving Killingly a little bit of uh, a fright before the the uh, before Killingly was able to pull that game out. Uh, it, it was a really a great quarter. These playoffs have been great. I'll be honest. Yeah, they really have. Uh, you know, aside from the, the handful of, of kind of blowouts in the first round, even these, like, yeah, like Cromwell blew out Ansonia. Like, we don't want to see blowouts in the playoffs, whatever. But, I mean, it's Ansonia. You know, they're Ansonia. You don't expect that to happen. So when it happens, you're not like, oh, God, here's another blowout. You're like, holy crap, Cromwell, Portland. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes a blowout serves to be the mission statement, you know. Yeah. I don't have a problem. With if the team's that much better, it's going to happen in any playoffs. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we actually, this quarterfinals, we, we brought it up last week, these quarterfinals were not as – bad as you know take away the, the the tech game and maybe you know bloomfield beating up on morgan but otherwise it was pretty a pretty competitive quarterfinal and then now you have uh this this great semifinal um you know like i said and sonia i can't remember the last time aunt sonia uh got beat up like that i i'm you might have to go all the way back to bloomfield in the late 90s uh like i think 99 or, or you know 56 nothing to aunt sonia in 99 or something like that one of those crazy games but let's just quickly just, I mean, we didn't really talk about all the results. So let's just quickly run down the results and then we'll go over some of the great performances and games here. And then we're going to make our picks for the uh, the final week of the season. Uh, you know, last picks, you know, uh, <laughs> I haven't been doing so great, but uh, I'm picking it up in the playoffs by the uh, too much of a too much road over there in, in the uh, to, <laughs> to get back 
Uh, I think I'm pretty much. You have the best. You have the best record in the playoffs so far, Sean. That's, With the yeah. quarterfinals and um, the quarterfinals and the semifinals, if I could do math correctly in my head, you are 22 and two in the playoffs. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I am also 22 and two in the playoffs. Right. Well, we yeah. should be, you know. I know. I'm just saying. I just got to give myself a little bit of credit. Where our cumulative knowledge shines through, I, I like to think, you know. <laughs> You know, I didn't quite nail that, you know, that Rocky or that Rockville game. I didn't nail that one. But uh, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? But uh, anyway, I didn't nail Cromwell Portland. Um, but yeah, let's go to our uh, finalist. We have Class S, which will be at McDougal Stadium, 11 a.m. Bloomfield versus Cromwell Portland. Bloomfield beat New Fairfield 22-14 and Cromwell Portland beat Ansonia. 46 to seven to reach their first state final since 2011. Ironically with Ansonia in class M that year, they didn't have to go through answer that they did lose the Holy cross in the final there uh, Bloomfield back again. Um, so that should be a, a fascinating game uh, in the class M game, which will be 3 PM at veteran stadium in new Britain. We have killingly a 13, 12 winner over Brantford facing Rockville, which is playing in its first state championship game. Since 1995, Rockville defeated Torrington 42 to 12 and killingly over Brantford 13 to 12. And a result that eh, a little surprising, I, I would think. I think Brantford showed up in that game and maybe, you know, according to Ned Griffin, maybe should have won. Uh, but in class L, we have an all CCC final. Who had this game with a handed St. Joseph sitting there? Who had this game when they when the playoffs, uh, when the seasons or playoffs started? <laughs> Windsor defeating St. Joseph 35 to 31, coming back from a 18 point deficit. They looked lost just like the first time, but they held St. Joseph scoreless in the second half. Carmarty threw a bunch of touchdown passes. They just played great to rally back to knock off the hogs in their three consecutive state championship run here. Uh, amazing job by, by fleet and the guys there and Cromartie was great after the game. Uh, but, uh, and then you had Maloney just obliterating Massick 56, 21 in an all CC division two championship rivalry matchup in this uh, 11 AM game at veterans stadium. And then finally, the one that's going to be for number one is Darianne versus Fairfield Prep. Darianne defeated New Canaan 24-10 to avenge their Turkey Bowl loss. And Fairfield Prep in a dog, not as easy as last time as we thought, but still a defensive struggle and a big winner for the Prep defense. 24-3 over Shelton to get to their first final, uh, well, since 2013, which is, uh, you know, pretty amazing the Nick Crowell years, uh, or yes, I recall versus Barmore. They didn't win the championship that year. We have a prep looking for its first title since 1988, as we all know. And then Darian, uh, obviously looking for their first title since 2017. Uh, but they're fourth in what seven years or six years now. But anyway, so there you go. Dare that'll be at Trumbull McDougal Stadium at 3 p.m. So there you go. Those are your state championship matchups. Pete, your thoughts. I'm I'm in love with these matchups. I think all of these matchups could go either way. And I, I say that not because these teams have worked so hard to get here. I mean, they have. But you look at it and you're like, Prep's playing awesome and Darianne's Darianne. Like, if Prep wins, would that surprise me? No. If Darianne wins, would that surprise me? No. You go to L. This is Maloney and Windsor who played in the same division in the CCC for years. The realignment, they didn't play during the regular season. And now... You know, these are the, I've said this on this podcast all year. I thought Windsor and Maloney were the two best teams in the CCC. Here they are, tier one champions, tier two championships from the CCC, wherever, however weight you put in that. But they're meeting in the finals. You look at M, killingly, we expected them to be here. Jack Sharp, Rockville, great story after their opening season loss, 21 nothing to SMSA. We kind of wrote them all off. And now here Rockville is, two dominating performances to get to the finals for the first time since 95. We have had Eric Knickerbocker on the show. We talked about Rockville in 2018. I would ring the bell on the show. Like they're here in the finals. And then S you have Bloomfield who, again, we expected to be here. They're playing amazing dogfight, Like you said, against new Fairfield, great test for them heading into the finals. And then Cromwell Portland who Randall Bennett said at the beginning of the year was going to be really good. They knock off, 
They play a close game against Notre Dame Fairfield, where we're all like, oh no, what's going on there? And then they absolutely dismantle Ansonia in the semifinals, Teddy ball game, five touchdown catches, 300 yards receiving. And then they get Bloomfield in the finals. I think each of those championship games are a coin flip. I think it was a lot easier in 2019 to pick champions than it is right now. A hundred percent. I'm going to have a hard time figuring out who to pick here. And I think that's awesome. I think that's that's having four championships that I think could be one, two score games late where anything can happen. I think that's awesome. I think, I mean, that's what championship football should be. There shouldn't be any cakewalks when we get to this late in the season. And uh, I'm excited for Saturday. Can't come soon enough. Let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you, uh, the, the, the Cromwell game was ridiculous in the sense that, uh, well, the, the, they set records. Cole Brisson, the quarterback, uh, we talked a little bit about him, uh, completed 17 of 23 passes for 500 yards, and Teddy Ballgame caught, that's Ted Williams, <laughs> for those. <laughs> uh, he, Ted Williams caught nine passes for 332 yards and five touchdowns. Nobody, and I mean nobody, does that to Ansonia. That was just, you know, Randall Bennett deserves a heap of credit. Even Tom Brockett after the game said, I have mounds of respect for what they just did today. Here, here's Tom's quote. Their athletes made the plays and made plays on both sides. We couldn't shake them on offense. We couldn't get open. They took away our run game. I have great respect for what Cromwell did today. And, uh, you know, these two had a good history over the years in the state playoffs. And, uh, you know, I remember when Cromwell first played Ansonia, it was the, you know, the Kenny Tinney show in 2003, I believe. And it was the Cromwell's first time on the big stage. And they got obliterated 55 to nothing. But then then Cromwell won a state championship at Ansonia's expense. And then, uh, and then on, on and on, they've been back and forth. And that was just, that adds to this playoff rivalry these two have. Cromwell and Sonia, man. Uh, get, get them into the NVL. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm the NVL, I'm looking elsewhere right now because the NVL, for having five teams in the playoffs, did not have a good showing. Oh, no, no. They got a lot of teams in there. And someone, you thought somebody, they, at least Dan Sonia was going to crack through there. But. You know, there. I, I thought for sure Torrington was going to get into the, the the final there, but uh, you know, good on Rock Rockford. Before we move on to class, I'm just Bloomfield. Uh, you know, the, the Ansoni game just still. I can't believe that. So now all of a sudden, I'm looking at Cromwell Portland like they were like my who iffy team. I really wanted to pick Notre Dame Fairfield against them in the first round, didn't. But now you got Bloomfield, who I thought were just you know just hammered to Fairfield after what they did to Morgan, and Bloomfield was in a dogfight, seven to two down. And uh, needed a uh, forced fumble in the end zone uh, after a botched punt. And then, uh, I mean, they, they forced the issue, like, uh, literally, Bloomfield. New Fairfield turned it over six times. And, uh, and that was basically it, six times. And uh, New Fairfield had first and goal from the Bloomfield three-yard line from, with 6.05 left and uh, fumbled the ball. And, uh, and that was it. Bloomfield gets squeaks into the finals, 22-14. Uh, you know, I thought I thought Bloomfield was going to be a lot more dominant than that. So now I don't know what to pick class. I have no I, idea. No, but no. you look at New Fairfield and like and again, we don't want to jump ahead to them, but Brantford's the same way. Like these are battle tested teams who come from very good conferences. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah, everyone likes to talk about the SEC and, and the FCI and rightfully so. But, you know, you always like to mention this. People forget the SWC won two titles in 2019. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and New Fairfield had to play Massac. New Fairfield had to play Newtown. Right. I mean, they were tested. So going up against Bloomfield, Bloomfield's an excellent team, obviously. But New Fairfield's not afraid of anyone. No. And uh, I think you look on the flip side of S and you look at the NVL and how they did in the playoffs. They got five teams in. None of them are left. And two of them only made it to the, you know, two of them only won their first round games. Though one beat another NVL team. But, you know, you look at that Cromwell Portland score at Ansonia and you're like, did they really, you know, get better playing in the NVL? To me, it doesn't look like it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I'm not, I'm not totally surprised by new Fairfield and what they did, um, because they were battle tested. They've played big teams. They've played good programs. They played really good playoff teams. And, uh, you know, so going on, going into Bloomfield, I, I don't think they were phased. Yeah. Going up to class M, uh, you know, the game you went to, you went up to Rockville 42, <laughs> Torrington 12. Traylon Edmondson, 22 times for 124 yards and four touchdowns. They scored 42 on extra points. 
to reach their first state final since 1995. And not only did you get to see, you know, uh, you guys, you got to see a healthy, good looking Rockville, unlike the one I saw uh, not even a month ago. Uh, and you also met a, had a, you also met a friend. B. Man, I did. I did. Uh, they have a live mascot, which <laughs> I, I was stunned. It's like the first quarter and I just turn around and there's this ram just on the sideline. And I'm like, what is going on? So I had to go over at halftime and like introduce myself to, to James the Ram. Uh, and then I found out a lot of information about him. Obviously, they have an agricultural program. Uh, they just brought in Rams like maybe a year or so ago. James was born on Rockville's campus. Uh, he was born in February. And uh, so he's 10 months old. He's gigantic. And uh, yeah, Rockville, he's been at every home game this year. And Rockville is six and one with him in attendance. Six straight wins. <laughs> what, what other than the, the Ram, what are you? Are they taking it to the final, Pete? Um, yeah. So Eric Knickerbocker said he's going to try really hard to get them to allow him to bring the Ram. They are bringing the bell. So they They're ring not. the bell after every game, but it's a, they never bring it on the road. But since it's a neutral site game, uh, Eric said that they're going to bring it. But the Ram, he's trying really hard. Okay, well, I think they would have a, they would have had a really good shot at Trumbull because that's kind of an agricultural program too, as well. But anyway, yeah. but uh, you know, what was your take on Rockville beating up on? Tor- I thought this game was going to be you know, Torrington. I thought it was going to be a lot closer, um, to be honest with you. And then Torrington comes out, they get the kickoff, eight and a half minutes, fifteen plays, fifty nine yards to score a touchdown, and you're like, oh, Torrington's going to move the ball. They converted two fourth downs on that on that drive. Rockville couldn't stop them, and you were kind of sitting there like, oh, okay, well, Rockville's going to have to score and they're going to have to score quick. Um, but then they adjust. And, and that's what Eric Knickerbocker said after the game. He's like, I called as like, he's like, I can't tell you how many coaches I've called throughout the state to talk about the single wing. Cause I haven't coached against a single wing in 10 years. And he's like, everything, the common theme between every coach was that you just need to settle in. Now, again, remember they played on, was it Tuesday? They had what four days to prepare for a single wing offense, that's hard. That is really hard to do. Uh, but the team settled in. They figured out kind of where Torrington was going, and they just shut them down. And uh, then they – I mean, their offense was awesome. They ran the ball. Like you said, Edmondson had four touchdowns. Amir Knighton, the freshman, is just unreal. Yeah. He moves awesome. He's huge. He doesn't look like a freshman. I mean, he's probably not even a freshman. He wasn't there at my game. <laughs> I don't no, he wasn't. And I mean, even Deshaun Perry, who's like another running back, but he's like their playmaking, like wide out. Uh, he's probably their best athlete. Like he had two big touchdown catches. Matt Ryan threw four passes, completed all four of them. Uh, the defense just flew around the field. I was really impressed by Rockville. I mean, I, you know, when they went undefeated two years ago, I was really impressed by them. Uh, this was way more impressive uh, than anything that I have seen from Rockville before. Oh, good, for, good for uh, you know, good for Eric Knickerbocker and the guys. I and mean, he took the job over it. And like you said, it's been the the step ladder. You know, get to the playoffs, then go to get to the semifinals, and now you get to the championship. So uh, you know, they're following that killingly formula. Speaking of which, you know, you looked at look at these numbers here. You had uh, one, you had a team that outran the other team two hundred sixty one to fifty nine, and uh, held the other team to just thirty eight yards on twenty six carries in this killingly Brantford game and if I told you uh those stats you would have been like wow killingly really did a number on it no those are <laughs> Brantford stats uh Brantford ran out game killing 261 in total yards to 159 and held them to 38 yards rushing uh Jack Sharp Soren Reeve could not get anything going Brantford had a 12 to 7 lead uh it, it, and at one point John Lamone turns to Dave Phillips who's covered the game all the way up in Killy and said, tell Sean, it's not over yet. <laughs> this is a <laughs> halftime. Uh, and they scored 12 points consecutively. You had uh, Nate Chifo. He ran for 119 yards. The other He's so good. And then Zach Turbot threw a 21-yard touchdown pass to John Frawley. And Cole Snyder had a one-yard touchdown run. And Brantford is looking at going to its first final since 2005. But Killingly hangs on. Dre Bolts threw a touchdown pass to a Soren Reef. And then they, uh, I believe, yeah, they Seth Dutson recovered a fumble at the Brantford 25-yard line with six minutes left to hold on. And uh, I, they weren't running people over 
and killing me, but they still survive up there to get to there. They get back to the state final killingly versus Rockfield, the top two seeds in class M. And, uh, you know, that's going to be experience. That's a, but that killingly win is experience. That's being there in 2019. That's having a coaching staff that has coached in these games consistently over the last half decade. I mean, to pull out a game like that when all seems lost is experience. And that's nothing against Brantford. Um, with Nate Trifo coming back, I, this is not the last we're going to hear of Brantford at all. Um, but man, they were so close. I'm sitting there. I had one of the referees at the Rockville game. He kept turning to me, asking me for updates, and he would relay them in his microphone to all the other referees. Yeah, I, I had <laughs> so I got it. Refs at my game at the uh, so excuse me, the refs at my game, Darian Buchanan. They were all asking me for the the, the uh, Ansonia score. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, they were all. They're like, "Who's winning?" I'm like, "Oh, Brantford's up 12-7. The guy did like a double take. He's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, I think because it's just different crews at different spots. That's why. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's move on to class L here. Uh, you know, what can you say about Maloney? You know, 40. Uh, there was excuse me. It was uh, 56 to 21. The Spartans rolling into their first state final since what? 2018. I think they last got yep. there. And now they're in a different spot. No St. Joseph. No hand. You know, no one, no one else in there, just Maloney and a team they could probably beat. But the other team on the other side, Windsor, probably feeling it right now. They're looking at Maloney saying, we know you, we could beat you. So, but this matchup is great. Uh, it's great for high school football in the sense that, you know, we sit here, we're down the Southern end of the state. And we, as for as much grief that we give the CCC and you've been on them all year uh, with, with, you know, their top teams in double L didn't make it. Hall didn't get in here, but. But looking at Maloney, which has come on, you know, they lost their first game of the season, which kind of put them in the back burner a little bit. Now they've kind of rolled into this, but they had a big, you know, victory over Xavier in there. You know, it was like kind of a, hmm, we got to look out for these guys. And now they're getting into the final. Josiah Gonzalez, seven, caught seven passes for 87 yards, two touchdowns. And he scored on a 53-yard punt return. You know, they, they Angel Arcee. 188 yards. He completed 12, 15 passes, two touchdowns. And uh, the defense was just ridiculous. You know, Ray Sean Shelton or Rashawn Shelton, nine interceptions this kid has this season and five have been coming in the two playoff games. He had three versus Bristol Central with one return for a touchdown and two versus Massick and one return for a touchdown in this game. Talk about complete efforts, Pete. Maloney looks like one of the hottest teams in the state right now. I mean, I've been saying this about their defense. They had 19 interceptions heading into this game. Oof. 19. And I said on this show, if Massick turns the ball over, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Maloney had 49 points at halftime. And Maloney threw an interception at the end of halftime. So you know they were going for it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just a flat-out dominant performance by the Spartans. You want to say one of the hot – they are the hottest team in the state right now. You look at double L, you know, Darian lost on Thanksgiving, prep lost you know, an earlier game to Greenwich, uh, Windsor lost to St. Joe's, you know, Rockville had that thumping against um, Stafford killingly has kind of been up there all quiet in the ECC, not really getting battle tested. Bloomfield dominated the lower part of the CCC and Cromwell Portland has dominated the Pequot. I don't think there's a hotter team in the state than Malone. No. And they play with attitude. They play with swag. They not only like, they don't want respect. They demand respect around the state for the way that they play. They've been one of the best teams in the state the last couple of years in terms of success on the field, playoff success, a semifinal appearance, a finals appearance. They've been to playoffs four straight years. They're back in the finals. Mm-hmm. They demand our respect, and I think we have to give yeah, it. Oh, no, yeah. Well, you know, now you get, well, certainly now, but uh, now they're going to, and they're going to be playing a winter. Well, first of all, I have a massive, though. Uh, you know, we're going to lose the Sakus, but uh, Dylan Jackson's coming back, and Steve Christie loves the uh, underclass. He loves the sophomore yep. class. He, he says, you know, this was his first year and good job. He was all, fired up, job by all fired up to bring Massey back into the good graces of the state, like back into the state consciousness. And so far, so good, Steve. Uh, that was, a you know, I know a lot of people who are like, Steve, oh, Christy, uh, he, what's he going to do there? So far, so good, you know, but they got a ways to go. But that was a great effort to getting back because they were they were not they were out of it at some point. You know, but uh, good job by Massick. But now on the other side, St. Joseph getting knocked off. And, you know, 
I loved, you know, Cromartie the, and Windsor. The last time they came down to Fairfield County to play anything meaningful was the grip it and rip it. And they won that. So, you know, it was like, you know, hey, it was like just going back down there. Nice, beautiful Saturday afternoon. They down 18 and St. Joseph looks like St. Joseph. But what I don't know what happened. They ran out of gas. But, uh, you know, Windsor, they, they had a chip on their shoulder and they uh, they wanted to show everyone that they're they can compete with this team. And and St. Joseph all of a sudden, I, I don't know whether they thought they had the game won. Uh, I don't know whether, you know, as someone suggested, I think Mike DeMauro suggested that maybe playing hand took a lot out of them. I, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I, I don't take anything away from Windsor here uh, in, in this game. I mean, yeah, they played Cheney Tech and they didn't have the, you know, they didn't get maybe get banged up a little bit. Maybe they had a little bit to do with this, but, you know, I, listen, that's you're still got to come back against St. Joseph on the road. Uh, and to do it with a shutout and 22 straight points, Elijah Kamardi completed 207. He has picked off three times, but he threw four touchdown passes, including the go-ahead score to Ray Rodriguez with five minutes left. And uh, Jalen Williams, Williams had an interception to ice that game. And, uh, you know, Sean Bell ran up and down the field, you know, 30 times, 140 yards and a sack. Prince Samuels did well. Uh, I mean, Maxwell Warren, a good, good effort by them. And St. Joe's eight catches for 109 yards and three touchdowns. You know, in a losing effort. So he's going to, you know, he's going to make a college program pretty happy here. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Pete, what do you think about St. Joe? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's stunning. I mean, that's really the word. Look, if Windsor would have came out and just dominated the game from start to finish, I wouldn't be stunned. But being up 18 in the second half and Windsor to come back, I mean, that's hats off to Rob to coach Rob's leading. Yeah. Uh, hats off. I mean, that's amazing to keep them in this game after, again, they lost to Windsor. Uh, they lost to St. Joe's earlier this year at their home, you know? So St. Joe's goes up big. How many of those kids put their heads down and say, Oh, here we go again, you know, but fleeting didn't let it happen. And they were able to rally. It stunned St. Joe's to get to the finals. That's amazing. I mean, that is best semifinal game that, I, I can remember. That's uh, a great no, and, result. It's a great and, result. And then, you know, and it's, it puts it up there. Uh, you know, if you thought there was a result was going to be, if you thought St. Joe was going to be knocked out, you thought hand was going to do it or somebody, yep. maybe Maloney in the final. Cause we think, we think, we think pretty highly of Maloney, but for, for Windsor to knock them off and, and not just that, but, but a non Fairfield County team or, you know, SEC team to knock St. Joe's. I mean, that's their and first loss is, against the non FCAC team in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Since Hill House. Yeah. I mean, was that 2016? Since, yeah. Since 2016 in Hill House. You know, so they would want to win there. They won 10 straight playoff games and they won all their other games against Darien. Uh, so uh, that was the last time St. Joseph lost to a uh, to a non FCAC team uh, was Hill House in the 2016 state final. So listen, a great run. St. Joe was going to be fine next year. I, in fact, I hear they're going to be better. So, you know, don't don't. Uh, don't gloat too much, everybody. St. Joe's going to be back with a vengeance. They'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like a revenge tour. Yeah, no. <laughs> As we know. Look at Fairfield Prep. Speaking of which, let's take a look at that. I mean, there we didn't think Fairfield Prep was going to blow Shelton out like it did last night, 50, what, 54 and nothing. And Shelton yeah. hung around this game. But the, 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 the Fairfield Prep defense was better. And uh, neither team's really scare you with offense. But uh, – Fairfield Prep's defense better, forced the issue a little bit, and then they were able to pull away with a few plays they were able to make. Dan Barnick scored on runs of 38 and 65 yards once they had worn Shelton down uh, in the second half. Connor Smith threw a 70-yard touchdown pass to uh, James Irapoli. Uh, so, I mean, that's uh, – I didn't – I'm not shocked by that. I, I, I thought Shelton could beat Prep, and they were certainly in it, 3-3 early. But, uh, yeah, hey, listen, I think that's uh, – Fairfield Prep has been the best team in the SEC – all year long, and uh, I'm, uh, I think this is where they belong in the state championship game. Yeah, I mean, other than the Hill House game in the middle of the year, I mean, they – Early, that was second like, week. Yeah, second week, you, like, scratch your head, and you're like, uh-oh. You know, they've been great. Even in their loss to Greenwich, it was a 14-7 game. Defense has been um, outstanding. Even the Hill House game. 9.3 points a game the defense is allowing. Right. <laughs> Lots of guys, you know, O'Connell up front, and then they, some of their other players, you know, Timing Smith, Smith S- your boy, old player of the year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, listen, they, uh, it's good job by, uh, 
by Keith Helster. And we talked to him a few uh, weeks ago. They were on a roll. Now they're just they haven't lost since that Greenwich game. They were able to, to get in here. So uh, now they're looking for that first title uh, since uh, 1988. And can they get it, Pete, against Darianne, which, you know, I don't think we're also surprised that Darianne's back here either. 24-10 versus New Canaan game. That was interesting in the sense that it looked like it was going to be like, I, I think I turned to Rob Trafone, who was on the sidelines uh, with Jim Santamassimo, uh, the, uh, one of his former assistants. But uh, I think we were on the sidelines and I said, like, I don't know. I hope you guys have the over here because it was 10. It was like 14 to 10 early. Um, and then he goes, oh, I don't know. I don't expect I expect this to become kind of a defensive slugfest the rest of the way. New Canaan did not score another point after the first quarter. <clears throat> and Darian, especially in the second half, Joe Caesar had three pickoffs and a fumble recovery late in the third quarter and three pickoffs in the fourth quarter to put that game away. Overall, five turnovers by New Canaan, a team that had a good defense, you know, probably lost their best defensive player in Russo. And their offense never, ever really got going this season, I thought, uh, New Canaan. I thought that was a big problem. They needed to win this game in a slugfest like they did in the Turkey Bowl. But Darian's defense, especially the, you know, sorry, Darian's offense, especially Miles Drake and those guys, you know, they weren't crisp either, but they were able to ramp up the rushing yards. Ty Comiskey ran for 149 yards and three touchdowns. Jeremiah Stafford had 86 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns. Um, you know, a, a, a good effort overall. They, the deep, sorry, the offense of Darian thought, it needed to step off after not playing well in the Turkey Bowl. And now we have this matchup here. Two good defenses and two, two great defenses and two offenses that are uh, can can sometimes, you know, concern you. But right now I like Dar I like Darien's offense, uh, maybe better than preps here, but it's still a great matchup. We're going to play the lacrosse game after this one. too. <laughs> I mean, this is when the brackets came out and like you kind of looked and you were like, this is the matchup I think we're going to see. And this is, I think, the matchup we wanted to see. Yeah. As football fans. Yeah. I mean, two really good defenses going out in the championship, which we had two years ago in 2019. Darien Newtown was a 13-7 game. Um, I think we're going to see something similar to that in terms of score. When the touchdowns happen, I don't know. But I think it's going to be a close one. But I think one person to really keep an eye on, and I feel like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle with Darien because Ty Kaminsky is so dominating. And Minikis puts up these highlight reel touchdown uh, catches, and the defense is so great. But Miles Drake has quietly thrown for 28 touchdowns. He has thrown. Didn't throw any yesterday. <laughs> no, but he has thrown less than five interceptions this year. Yeah which is pretty good. You don't turn the ball over. You're right. going to win games. He could finish the year with 30 touchdowns and less than five interceptions. Yeah, no, listen, You're just quietly doing it. And if you've spoken to the kid, I, I think you did yesterday. He's not a loud guy. Like he's very quiet, keeps to his business. Yeah. Uh, very, I, very understated. Yeah. And I think he's, I think he's one of the best players in the state. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks. He just kind of gets overshadowed by a very great, amazing a, team yeah. around him. He's not a flashy quarterback, but he'll get the job done. He's a, you know, he's, he's a utility guy. You know, he won't make mistakes. And I think that's the most thing you want. Yeah. I mean, uh, the passing game has not been great with uh, Darian, at least, you know, in the games I've seen them in. Uh, I've only seen them this one time. But against Duquesne, Duquesne seemed to be able to keep the passing game in check. You know, you didn't see a lot of Minicus. I know they went to him. They tried to go to him a few times. They, they couldn't connect. The D-backs uh, for Duquesne were, were on him. Um, but, uh, but the, the, and they, and new Canaan hung around, they forced a few turnovers themselves. They did a decent job other than Stafford's first big run. They didn't allow a big breakout run and Comiskey as it's, as you see 33 times, he carried the ball for 149 yards. It wasn't like 20 times. So yeah, you know, he's Cannon got defense did okay, but they just wore out. And then they, they just, because the offense committed too many turnovers. Yeah, and you can't do that in the championships. And we'll talk more about that with our picks in terms of turnovers, but you cannot make those mistakes. We saw it with Prep and Greenwich in the first in the in in, in the quarterfinals. That game flipped when Greenwich turned the ball over three straight drives. Yep. And there you go. And that's that's the name of the game. Now we'll see what happens. But uh Fairfield Prep, Darian, that's going to be for the number one, uh number one ranking at the end of the season i mean because i don't know if you can do it i mean i don't know if maloney or windsor could make that jump i don't think so either i think because new cannon well here's number one darian 
in my opinion, should have been number one, even with the loss. I agreed. We both, we both voted them. Yeah. And then one. everyone's like, well, the coach is all, but well, I mean, geez, I mean, I, yeah, I thought it was just a Turkey bowl win. that just, it was, you, you win in the Turkey bowl. That's it. I mean, I don't think yeah. I was going to penalize him for that, but this, I think with Fairfield prep only losing to Greenwich, uh, and Darian now only and then beating to- Greenwich and then beating them. They so they have like Darian did. They beat New Canaan after they lost New Canaan. Right. So you could kind of cancel those out as far as their losses are. This is for the number one ranking. Yeah, I don't. I mean, unless I don't like I don't see a scenario where they I mean, Maloney would have to beat Matt uh, Windsor by like. I don't know. I don't even know about that. Winter, I don't think I, I really Winter don't think beat St. Joe. Remember Windsor? I don't, it's only yeah. I don't I don't think Maloney could. I think if Windsor uh, wins. I think Windsor has a better chance of getting to number one. I don't think they will, but I think they'll have a better chance than Maloney. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a tough call. You I know, mean, I, look, I, the, the winner of the L game will probably be number three. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think they'll jump. Kind of like remember double. in 2019, Newtown jumped to number two right. after winning double L and St. Joe's was number one. Yeah. They jumped hand. Did you? So who knows? I think I did. I voted Newtown number two as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough. But they jumped. They jumped from they jumped all the way up to two and hand was number three. And people were not happy about that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying it's like that's a possibility that because there are some voters who vote strictly down. Double L champ, L champ, M champ, S champ in their top four. I mean, they so, were undefeated. They, at least they, you know, they were undefeated. Yes, I know. I'm just saying. And they beat a That's Ann, which is no joke. So I didn't. That have is sometimes how it goes. Yeah, I didn't have a problem putting them overhand. But listen, this is a, a great bunch of matchups here to kind of end the year. I mean, if you look at it, we uh, we've got the three CCC teams in it. We have uh, two Pequot teams. In it, we have a we have one FCAC and one SEC, and wow, that's uh <laughs> that's really interesting. Revenge of the of I mean, I don't think I think only Fairfield Prep and Darien are on this side of the Housatonic River. You know, <laughs> everyone else is close to the Connecticut River, uh, and this is so you know I haven't seen this kind of a northern, you know, centric uh, championship since I don't know since maybe the two thousand early two thousands. You know, when it was like New Britain and uh, Bloomfield and, you know, it's possible. So it's a it's a little change of pace here in the, in the championship. But I think uh, I think we've said very much all we can say. We got a lot of stuff to do. We got, um, you know, we got uh, you know, videos to do. We have we have the luncheon tomorrow. So uh, which should be interesting because it's going to be virtual because of covid issues, which I think is the right move. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's time to start. To, what, what do we think here? People we'll start to get a little picks section going. All right, here we go. Coming off the semifinals, uh, Sean Bowling, Jeff Jacobs, both went seven and one. Whoop. Congratulations, guys. Uh, myself, Erickson, Fornabiome, Bill went six and two. Stuart McNamee went five and three. Our two leaders went five and three. Uh, Maggie in the eight ball went four and four. Morelli went three and five. And Will Alden went two and six. Ouch. Took a lot of risky picks. Ouch. And he got bit. Um, but the overall leaders heading into the championships, it's Dave Stewart at 115 and 44, McNamee at 114 and 46, Jacobs 112 and 47, Erickson 107 and 50, Fornabio 107 and 50, Paguaga myself 106, 52, Bowley 105, 53, Bloxham 104, 55, Maggie 102, 59, Will 101, 58, Morelli 101, 58, and the eight ball at 90 and 68. So really what it's going to come down to, it's going to come down to Stewart and Jacobs, uh, Stewart and McNamee. Mm-hmm. The only thing that could really change this is if Mac, if Stewart and Jacobs pick four different champions and Jacobs gets them all right and Stewart gets them all wrong. All right. So it's really going to come down to Stewart and McNamee. That said, I think Stewart already has it clinched because he has two less losses this year than McNamee. Um, McNamee has gotten more game of the week, right? Therefore he's got more wins, but I mean, anything could happen, but I think a lot of the picks are going to be similar. So I don't think, I think Stewart kind of has this locked up already, but we still have to do the picks because people want to hear the picks and we got to give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. Yes. Well, Gets the I'm people going. I'm ready to go. Usually I do really well in the playoffs. So I'm happy. I went through, I went three and one last year in the, in 2019 in the championships. Yeah. We did both really well, especially picking Newtown. 
That mm-hmm. was our big one. I remember again, Mike Quick from MSG, or oh, used to be MSG Varsity. Mike Quick was on ESPN Radio in New York. You know, had me on the, the before the semifinals, and he said, "Foley, give it, give me your class double champion right now." I got, I got the coach, the Dolphins, about to join us. You better, you know, you better jump. You better, you gotta give it to me right now. You give, give it to me, Foley. I'm like, all right, all right, Newtown. He goes, never happened, never happened. Hung up. <laughs> and sure enough, Newtown beat him. I was finally, after two years, I was able to bust Mike's chops for that. And uh, just quick shout out to Mike Quick, who tried to have me on again, by the way, in the and and he dialed the wrong number. He goes, did you change your number? He's at the Daring game because his nephew uh, is, is Sean Quick, the great linebacker from, backer from uh, Darien. And he goes, did you change your number? I'm like, no, he's been trying to get me on the, the show the last two weeks mm-hmm. and he's been dialing the wrong number. I'm like, Mike, you know, I have an email. You could try and text me. Yeah. And you're on Twitter all the oh, time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so anyway, because Bruce Cunningham was telling me Mike's on the radio in New York telling everyone he's going to have me on. And I'm like, all right, Bruce. All right, you're. I don't. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. I didn't hear from. You. So, <laughs> geez, Mike, Mike, use an email. Do something. You can't get in touch. With me. There are other ways. Carrier pigeon. I don't know. Send me a letter. Jeez. All right, we uh, go for it, Pete. Sorry. We'll started. Right. We got Class S. We got 12 and 0 Cromwell Portland going up against 12 and 0 Bloomfield. Oof. A lot of offense could be. This could be a high scoring championship game. Bloomfield, great defense all year. Let's not disregard that. But. Cromwell Portland put up 46 on Ansonia. This is a great matchup. The ones and twos in, there's only the one versus two in two brackets in S&M. This is the first one. Bloomfield's going for their 10th title. Cromwell Portland is going for their first title as a co-op. Uh, they beat Ansonia to win their lone title as Cromwell. This is also their first title appearance as a co-op. Sean, Randall Bennett has said all year how good his team is. You think they can knock off Bloomfield to take home the title? Not only do I think they can knock off, I think they will knock them off, Pete. I'm going with Cromwell Portland here. I actually kind of cast my lot with uh, the Panthers early on. Now, that was before I knew a lot about Bloomfield. So give that a little caveat if I do if I do fall flat on my face on this pick. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been on the bandwagon, the Cromwell bandwagon, since you came to me with Randall Bennett basically saying, like, I have the best linebackers in the state. My team's great. I got two platoons of class S. Let's go. You know, Owen Brunk and Teddy Ballgame and, you know, Sisson and all those guys. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I think they're just a senior group. Bloomfield, I, I think it's going to be tough. I don't think that they're going to blow away Bloomfield like they did in Sonia, 100%. I think it's going to be one of those deals. But Bloomfield definitely concerns me a little bit. New. New Fairfield getting in there and giving uh, giving them a run. I thought New Fairfield was pretty good. I didn't think New, I didn't think Bloomfield was gonna you know gonna need to you know dig deep to beat the Rebels. But there you go. So and meanwhile, Cromwell uh, Portland's just flying. Bronk, uh, those guys. I mean, Dent's one of his best coaching jobs ever. He's in line for uh, he's in line for uh, coach of the year for sure, as Jake mentioned a few weeks ago. So I'm gonna go with Cromwell Portland. Cromwell Portland has scored 29 points, less than 29 points twice this season. Bloomfield has allowed more than Bloomfield. Most points Bloomfield has allowed this season is 18 against Morgan in the quarterfinals. They didn't allow double-digit points until the quarterfinals, and their starters were out of the game. Right. Well, here's the thing about that, though, before you go on. The quarter, that was a garbage time. Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, their starters were out of the game. Right, 14 against New Fairfield, fine, is the line. Cromwell Portland has scored 29 or more in every game but two. I mean, this is a amazing matchup. Offense versus defense, heavyweight versus heavyweight. Uh, that said, I was sold on Cromwell Portland when I went to that scrimmage, and Randall Bennett told me, we're good. And uh, I'm going with Cromwell Portland as well. Absolutely. All right. I, I should have picked him in the semifinals. So it would have went undefeated again. All right. Um, <clears throat> we're going to go up to M in Class M. We have another one versus two. We got number one, Killingly, coming in at 11-0. They only played nine games during the regular season. And number two, Rockville, who comes in at 10-2. and two. Rockville's two losses came against SMSA week one when they a lot of their team was out with COVID. And uh, their loss came, their second loss came against Stafford. You were there. They got thumped by Stafford. Uh, but they were missing guys. I'm not 100% sure what the reasoning why, but since that game, they've put up 35, 27, 27, and 42 
on their way to the championship first time since 95. Again, this is a killingly team. Their experience showed in the semifinals coming back to beat Brantford when they just were outplayed. I mean, look at the numbers. Killingly was outplayed, but they scored the important... They scored when they needed to. Uh, and they survived to get to the finals for the third time since 2017. They've been in three of the last four Class M championships. Um, do you want me to go first for this one? Yeah, or would you like to yeah. jump in, Pete. Do you want me to go first? All right, I'm going with Rockville. I'm ringing the bell. Okay, when Eric Knickerbocker took this program over in 2018, he talked about restoring the Rock. And like we've said, they've taken gradual steps every year. Quarterfinals, lost to St. Joe's, who won the whole damn thing. Um, the next year's semifinals lost to Weston, who won the whole damn thing. Okay? This is killingly. They're a great team, a great program. Run people over. They win championships. They go to championships. But I don't think they're as battle-tested as Rockville has been. And I don't think – I think that's more on the ECC than it is on Killingly. But I think we kind of saw a lot from Killingly in that semifinal game against Brantford, against a good team that was battle-tested. Uh, James the Ram, I hope, is in attendance. Uh, but I'm picking Rockville to win their first state title since the year I was born, 1990. Ooh, wow. I remember 1990. I was a freshman in high school. Freshman football player. <laughs> Um, but uh, I'm not going with Rock. I'm going to go with Killing Lee. I'm going to stick with my uh, preseason pick. I'm going to go with uh, the team that has no nickname. Uh, I'm going with the, th- those guys, uh, Jack Sharp, Soren Reeve. I think they got their little scare. I think they, they got their scare. They, they kind of amped it up. You know, I said last week, <laughs> which probably prompted this Lamone comment to me, you know, I don't know. They don't play real. They don't play real. This isn't like you know, the SEC, we think that it is, you know, but sure enough, you know, they were, they showed uh, killingly, you know, what the, what a, you know, tough football program is. And uh, Brantford certainly was that. Uh, so that might, you know, maybe uh, amped up a little bit for killingly. I still think they're very good. I still think sharp. I think reef. I think those guys at uh, Jackson, I think the defense is very good. I mean, still that they held Brantford off. I know Brantford, uh, you know, did have a couple touchdowns, but, I, I like this group. Uh, I think Rockville's time is. I think they need another step on the ladder, for me personally. You know, uh, you know, Knighton's young, young, and uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling killing. I just feel like if they were there last time, uh, I feel like they're gonna take this. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. Uh, I'm going with the uh, killing no namers, Red Hawks. <laughs> all right, moving up to L. We have an all CCC matchup. Number five, Windsor at 11 and one. Number three, Maloney, 11 and one. Uh, these teams have played a lot in recent years. Uh, same division, a lot of crossover in the CCC. This year they did not, but when they did play, Windsor dominated the series. Sean, what were those numbers that you shared with me? Yeah, it was uh, so they've met nine times since 2008. Windsor has won. Windsor won the first seven by an average margin of 45. I get five points in the field goal for safety, I guess. Uh, including a Class L quarterfinal matchup in uh, 2017. Uh, so that was Windsor beat them 36-0. to zero. Uh, But Maloney has since won the last two games in 2018 and 2019. So that's where we are. Hey, this is a good one. I mean, this is, I think, perfect for both teams. Uh, I've said it on this show, and I think I repeated it already today. I think these are the best two teams in the CCC. Now we get a chance to see it for real. Sean, I'm is going. This Maloney's time. Yeah, I'm going with Maloney. I'm going with Kevin. This, they have not given me any indication that they are slowing down. I think they have the offense. They have the defense. Uh, when the offense is on, it is on. But that defense is really what makes it go. You know, uh, Rashawn Shelton with nine picks, five in the uh, state playoffs. It's ridiculous. You know, then you have you know, Josiah Gonzalez. Receiving them, lots of good receivers. Angel Ars at quarterback. You know, Boganski, they're, they're the running back, had a great game yesterday. Uh, this is a machine. This is a class L playoff champion in waiting. Um, Windsor, amazing job getting past St. Joseph, and I think they're going to be tough with Maloney. But I do feel like Windsor's prone to a lot of mistakes, and Maloney is going to take advantage of those. Um, I, I think the pickoff parade continues. I mean, Cromartie had he had three uh, pickoffs. Uh, he got picked off three times by St. Joseph. You know, he got so, 13 uh, this year. Yeah, so he's been prone to, to give it up. 
you know, he does like take a lot of chances. You know, you want your guy to a quarterback to to not be afraid to take risks. And certainly Cromartie is, is that type of quarterback and he likes to try and make things happen. You know, um, he's going to have to be a little bit smarter with the ball and uh, they're going to need to play a little bit of defense. They need to get, need to get Bell going. Um, and it's going to be tough against this Maloney defense. So I, you know, I, I mean, who's their linebacker? That that's uh, <laughs> really good. To beat. You know, they, it's it's a good group, and you've seen them. I haven't seen them, but I'm going to go. I'm going with Spark. I um, I'm going with Maloney as well. I don't think that's a surprise for many people. Mal- Maloney's got what 23 interceptions this year, 24 interceptions, something crazy like that. Um, Cromartie is 13 this year. And I will tell you this, in the last four games, he has four, five, six. He's got nine interceptions in the last four games. Can't do that. That's a lot. You yeah. cannot do that against Maloney. If if Cromartie doesn't turn the ball over, I could easily see Windsor winning this game. But, not easy, um, but... No, but I could see them. I'm more confident in They'll them give winning the game. Shot. Yeah, but if they turn the ball over like they have, Maloney's going to feast. And the thing that Maloney does is not only do they get the turnovers, but then they turn them into points. Yep. They turn them into points, and that can Sometimes flip the directly. tide of any game. Yep. They have a ton of pick sixes, too. They have fumble recoveries. Their defense flies. Michael Reddick is an unbelievable Reddick. linebacker, really the core leader of that team. Uh, you know, Slayton is has, what would you say, five interceptions? And that's not – we haven't even mentioned Tylee Flowers, who had like seven interceptions heading into the state tournament. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just have ball hawks out there. Yeah. And I think Maloney's going to take home this title. I believe it would be, what would it, I think it would be the first one. Let me pull it up in front of me. I could be wrong. Yeah, it'd be their first championship. They've gone to three. They lost to St. Joe's in 89. They lost to New Canaan in 06. And they lost to Hand in 18. All those teams. That, that's the best part about this matchup. None of those teams are facing them. I mean, they look at Windsor. They're just like, we know familiar. these guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. Familiar. <laughs> It's familiarity. No mystique involved. No, none of that. And I think, you know, Kevin's got them playing well. I said this earlier. They demand respect. And uh, I think this year they're going to cap it off with a state title victory, a top three ranking in the poll. And, uh, yeah, party, party down Maloney, whatever street Maloney's on in Meriden. Kayla Mays for everybody. All right, we're going to move up to double L. We have um, number three, Darianne, and number one, Fairfield Prep. Uh, rankings in the class is not our poll. Uh, both teams are 11-1. and one. Darianne's loss came on Thanksgiving to New Canaan. They obviously have won two straight. Fairfield Prep lost week three, I think, to Greenwich. They were 2-1. They've won nine straight. Uh, yeah, they've won nine straight to get here. Greenwich's, de- uh, Greenwich's defense, Fairfield Prep's defense is averaging 9.3 points against a game. I think they have four shutouts, uh, four or five shutouts this year. Darian's defense is letting up 12 points a game. I mean, this this has the markings of a low-scoring, tough, battle-tested game with a lot of running. Ty Kaminsky for Darian, and then obviously Connor Smith, the quarterback for Fairfield Prep, can do some dangerous things with his legs. I really do think that this one is going to be a low scoring game. Sean, I'm going to let you pick this one first. I believe you're going to go to this game. Who's going to finish as the number one team in the state? Pete, I'm going with Darian. Uh, I'm going to throw this, uh, this score out for you right now. 14 to 10. That is not the final score I think is going to be uh, in this game, but I, that is a score that already happened. Uh, that happened back in June 5th at Darien. Fairfield Prep lacrosse defeated the number one team in the state with just coming off an FCAC championship, 14 to 10, and was able to go on to the state championship game. They lost to Richfield five to eight to five, but that was a stunning victory by the Jesuits in that game. And um, there are a lot of lacrosse guys on <laughs> Darien. Go figure, uh, Minicus, uh, Joe Caesar. Uh, you know, Ivanchek, David Ivanchek, also a cross player. Lots of guys, you know, Christian Allegro. They're all on this team, and they all remember that game, and they all want a little payback. They'll probably get on plenty of pay- payback as a lacrosse team, but uh, there are some lacrosse players like Marcos Garano. Sitting there, Marcos Garano. Shit. I met, uh, what was that kid? Marco. God damn it. Dude, I fucked that up. What's his name? Marco. What's his name? I don't know. Fermender. Jeez. 
There are plenty of guys at Fairfield Prep who are also lacrosse players. Uh, Marco Fermenter comes to mind. Uh, not as much as Darianne, but, uh, you know, there's certainly some guys who are also lacrosse players at Fairfield Prep. So uh, I know Darianne's going to want to sting them back here by knocking them off in the state championship game of football. Listen, uh, I, I like Darian's total package just a little bit more than Fairfield Prep. I like I might like Fairfield Prep defense a little better. Um, and uh, if the, the Prep defense can get a handle on Darian the way McCannon's defense for the most part was, especially in the Turkey Bowl, I mean, they're going to be studying that film a lot. You know, shut down Minicus is a big deal. Don't let him get outside of you. Uh, and then that allows you to focus on Kaminsky and maybe limiting his rushing yardage per attempt. Again, Buchanan was able to do a really nice job. You know, he did have almost 150 yards rushing, and then they were able to punch Stafford in there uh, to kind of mix it up and make keep Buchanan on their heels. Um, but that's kind of have to be the way you're going to have to win if you're Fable Prep. Try and get your big boys like Connell and Smith and those guys up front to stop the Darian run game, and, and hopefully your athletes in the secondary can keep um, uh, Menekis down and and those guys down there. But I think the obvious the key is also going to be the Darian defense. I think the Darian defense is in for field day. Um, you know, Joe Caesar uh, is, is, had a great game last uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, but then you have a Banchik up front. They, they, they get to the quarterback. Um, they, they do a lot of nice things that the Darian defense. And I think it, that is, they're probably going to have a field. Day. I mean, unless, Fairfield Preds offense has been, you know, kind of like a bend that don't break offense, if you want to call it that. Uh, they just they do just enough for the team to, to get by. They're going to need to step it up big time against this defense in scary end. Will it happen? I don't think so. Uh, but I do think this is going to be a real slugfest. You know, maybe a defensive score wins it. You know, I'm, we're looking at maybe 14 to 7. Or maybe, maybe it will be 14 to 10. Who knows? Because Fair, uh, Fairfield Prep certainly does have a kicker. Um, and that's going to be a big factor if they stop him. You know, they certainly have a grand kick the ball there. And, uh, you know, from long range, they have a 48 yarder. Um, let me just quickly take a, take a look. Uh, yeah, Aiden Graham had oh it was a 43 yarder against uh, Shelton, so he's probably one of the state's best kickers. If Prep can uh, get close and then kick a few field goals there, that'll certainly lessen some of the impact the defense might have. But I I do think Darian just has just enough forces to win this one big, not big, excuse me, but win this one and win their uh, fourth title in the last what six years, right? The last one was 2017, so you know yep. in this drought. And uh, Mike Forger will, uh, you know, get his first win over uh, Keith Helster. But, uh, you know, I could see it going either way. I like Darian. You know, I, it's amazing. You know, you talk to people at Darian, like the fact that they haven't won a state title since 2017 is like a bad thing. Um, that's, you know, it's just an amazing part of the success that they've had at this program. I think the name of the game with these two great defenses is limiting turnovers. I've said this so many times during the show, but limiting, limiting, limiting turnovers run the ball, you know, make the smart throws, even if you'll take three, four yards a clip on those throws. And that's why I think Darian's going to win this game. I think you have a great running back in Ty Kamishki who can, he'll get you two, three, four yards dirty. And you get Miles Drake to make those short passes to move the change and not look. Miles Drake will take the check down. He'll eat the ball. He can tuck it and run if there's no one there. He's not going to force anything. Um, and you know, again, with the turnovers, he doesn't turn the ball over. So I got Darian. They're going to go in my ballot. They're going to go, uh, <laughs> you know, tape to tape as the number one team in the state. All I right, remember. Sure. I remember. I forgot to say that Darian and Fairfield Prep scrimmaged beginning of the year. They did. They did scrimmage. And Dave Stewart uh, was there for us. Yeah. And I remember everyone asking what happened. And I remember everyone saying that Darian messed them up. Uh, and I don't know what you want to say about scrimmages. But Dan, they're like, yeah, Darian messed them up, which is kind of lend to them getting voted number one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, yeah, got the goods. So, anyway, uh, I just saw a great photo of, uh, of that. I, the reason why I bring it up, uh, Fairfield Prep Football has a photo of Keith Helstern and uh, Mike Forget sitting there with their wrestling. It's a great photo uh, on Twitter. It's really funny. But, uh, yeah, I, this is going to be probably the – those two games, the L and Double, I think are going to be the best two games. Or, I don't know. You know, these are great. They're all great matches. I'm looking at that photo now. Uh, I mean, that that'd be a great arm wrestle, like an arm wrestling match oh, between Hunstern and, and Forge. I think I got my money on Forge though. It looks like, you know, you know the the, the scene from Predator with uh, Carl uh, with Carl Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger 
<laughs> you know, they're it's a meme now, but they put their arms together. Yeah. Bulging muscles. That's what it kind of looks like. Oh, yeah. I, I think Hellstring could, could hold his own, but I think Forge would win the arm wrestling yeah. match. Look, yeah. Forge, they're both big guys. And Forge got the, you know, he looks like he's got, he's got the gym going in his backyard. <laughs> he's running the stairs at the town hall. In oh, man. All right. Well, All right. that's it. I mean, that's our playoff championship preview and picks. And, you know, Saturday we will be out there. Sean, I believe you're going to go to McDougal. I'll be at McDougal Stadium for uh, the Class S and Class L games. And I'll be at uh, New Britain Veterans uh, for the L and then the M game. Yeah, so uh, I'm excited to, you know, now we're reversed. You were at uh, New Britain last time, and I was at uh, and I was at New Britain last time. Now you're at New Britain this time, and you, uh, you were at McDougal for Newtown and all that stuff. Yeah, and I just want to know, like, my dedication. I live six minutes away from McDougal Field, so yeah. I'm just saying, and I'm driving all the way up to Veterans because I care. Can't have you going to every game in your backyard. Sorry. Yeah, and then I drive all over the state. I love the mileage, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so that'll do it for our little hybrid, uh, hybrid game. Time it's our game. crossover episode. Crossover episode. The, the meat grinder and the game time fix section. Uh, I'm excited for everything. You know, I'm excited for this week. Uh, it's been a long, long, long season, <laughs> and I'm, I can't believe we're here. So, uh, all right. So for Pete Guaga, I'm Sean Patrick Bully. This has been the Meat Grinder Pickup Show on Game Time TV. Love you all.